previously on Wild Endeavors. We are trying to gather some um, some information on some very uh, shady folks and uh, try to track them down. You may call me Aurelius. You may know us as the gardeners. The gardeners, as in the men who deal with dirt and shit. As in those who tend to life. Those who are interested in growing things. But do not hesitate to eliminate any weeds that pop up. (laughs) I like you. I really like you. We are now not in a position that I can spare anyone to go get it. If you were able to retrieve the ledger and bring it back to me, I could use that leverage to get some information that you are looking for. Now that the four of you are in the garden and you have the ledger, uh, so unless there's anything else you guys want to do, I think you can just leave the compound kind of the same way you came in. And now, Chapter 7. The Blind Brothers. shrouded streets of Arthamore. The city is quiet at this hour, and you have most of the avenues to yourself. You make your way back to the Silver Unicorn without incident. Only one of the common room's four fireplaces still is lit, and the only other people in the common room are Felix and the bartender. Seeing you come in, Felix uh, immediately kind of ends the conversation he was having and, and comes out from around the bar to, to greet you, giving you his nod of deference. Oh, good evening, good masters. Is there anything that I can do for you? Looking for uh, our friend. He nods and says, of, of course, of course. Uh, I will let you know as, as soon as he is able to meet with you. I uh, beg your pardon if I am overstepping my bounds, but I thought it would be pertinent for you to know. The Shining Force has been asking around about the city. Uh, they believe a number of people snuck through the blockade uh, around the city during a disturbance the other night. Uh, I wanted to make sure that you knew that, of course, as always, the discretion of our guests here is of the most important. So I will personally make sure that no such investigation on their behalf interferes with any of your stays here at the Silver. If there is anything else I can do for you this evening or anything I can have sent up to your room, please let me know. I appreciate that. I'll give him another uh, 20 gold. I look forward to uh, any possible notifi- notifications of uh, them wandering a little too close. And he gives you a nod and steps back behind the bar. Thank you. Those guys sound cool. They're not cool for your job that you're running right now. So unless there's anything you'd like to do between now and then, we can jump right ahead to the four of you sitting down with Aurelius. Okay. Uh, Felix leads you into that secret dining room again at the end of the hall. Again, seated at the head of the table there is Aurelius. His relaxed gray eyes seem to be both uh, incredibly attentive and relaxed at the same time. And his tight brown curls barely shake as he stands to greet you. Hello, my friends. Uh, Yes, my friend. I uh, seem to have procured something. And I uh, would place it on the the desk in front of him. Hopefully this can uh, inform you of uh, our good faith and positivity going forward. Very good. You must forgive me. I was not 100% sure that you would be able to pull this off. I am very impressed. This book will help my organization very much. 
And in return, we will of course help you. This book will give me leverage that will allow me to free up some resources and have them to begin tracking down the silence for you. Please give me a little time to look into that. Uh, it shouldn't be a problem. Um, we are uh, very appreciative of what you've done and we are constantly looking for new work. So should you find any, uh, any need of more allies for your cause, we'd be more than willing. Very good. Um, though in the meantime, if I may offer a bit of advice, you will perhaps find it a bit more easy to move about Arthmore if the guards are not looking for you. I understand there were some difficulties last night that could cause them to be more apt to take interest in you. Very well, we will, uh, we will inquire as to these problems. If they have not seen any of your faces, it may, it may not yet be a serious issue. But they are a tight-knit group, uh, particularly in these times, and they become very agitated when one of their own dies. Died? He gives you all just kind of a quick scan and then... Yes, the two guards that were killed during your retrieval. Uh, we didn't kill any guards, I don't know what you're speaking of. Accidents might happen on the job, I'm not sure what, uh, what may have caused that, but... Of course, of course. It is not my intention to criticize your method. It is simply information I thought you might find useful. Thank you for this warning, friend. During, during this whole part of the conversation, I just like, I'm sitting on one end of the table, like fidgeting nervously, like kind of rocking back and forth, like just looking like I'm not comfortable. Okay, so unless there is anything else that you all would like to ask Aurelius, he is going to you know, say his goodbyes and leave, and says he will send word as soon as he has word to send. Alrighty. So what would you like to do? Leandros, WTF? What happened? <laughs> Why did he say the two of the guards were killed? When we left, everybody was fine except for the one that was knocked out on the floor. Yeah, uh, we didn't kill anybody. I don't know what he speaks of. Uh, I know we leaving, I... didn't kill. Yeah, we didn't kill anybody. None of us killed anybody. Do I need to roll anything, or would I kind of know and assume from previous encounters with Leandros that more than likely? He uh, caused a stir. Um, no stir. Are you trying to determine if he's lying, or are you just assuming that he's lying? I would probably assume that he was lying with good good intel. I guess the best way to describe it. <laughs> Given that you have the bond already, that you don't trust him, and you recall what happened with Klaus and Talios, um, I would say you don't have to roll for that. This just seems suspicious to Cool. So I'm kind of already like, assume like, oh, okay, this is just Leandros. Well, is there a way I can uh, um, deceive these guys that I didn't? <laughs> well, there's definitely not a class move for that. And there's not really any other move. Why don't you roll plus charisma? We'll kind of do this as a defy danger. Alrighty. Uh, that's an eight. Okay, partial success. I'll give you a choice. You can have them mostly believe what you're telling them right now, but that little nagging question in the back of their head is going to make them more likely to distrust you in the future, or if any of them are distrusting you already, it will kind of advance that for them. Or they can mostly distrust what you're saying, but that might give you a chance to explain yourself in this instance, or if nothing else, it just won't affect their future levels of trust with you. I'll go with the first option. Okay. Let me let me say this. I didn't kill anybody, but as I was leaving, my new friend, uh, he might have lost, uh, might have went a little unhinged right as we were leaving. I don't know. I didn't 
you know, nothing I said or did, but, you know, I can't help it. I didn't control him. You know, if he decided to kill somebody and we were in, you know, in a hurry and, you know, maybe I you know, turned a blind eye while he slit their throats and covered himself in their blood. Maybe giving he was him, unhinged the whole time. Maybe he was a mass murderer. We don't know that. Giving him the benefit but, of the doubt, he was standing over two guards in a room that he shouldn't have been in. So what is he? Who's to say, exactly. who's to say Leandros isn't? Telling or is is telling us a lie right now. All we can do right now is go forward with what we've been doing. Don't worry about it. Don't let it get to you. You'll get paid. I didn't kill anybody. That's what you're thinking. I've never gotten my hands dirty in my life. I wouldn't start now. All right. So I feel like my character is kind of like because he's a good alignment. He knows he's kind of already compromised himself a little bit by taking all this money to go do this. But so it's kind of like in the back of his head now. Like maybe this wasn't a good idea. Yeah, I like that. I would say, like, I had picked that I, like, respected the beliefs of Leandros, but hoped that, like, someday he would see the true way or whatever. I would say now I'm, like, like you said, just moving further on that scale towards, like, there's not even, there's, like, just very little, like, respect left there, or very high skepticism, I guess. Okay, so make a note of that so we can resolve that bond at the end of the session. So the next day, uh, Felix sends word that Aurelius is waiting for you in the secret private dining room. When you arrive, he, he is there, he greets you, you all sit down, and he says, I have unfortunately been able to not find as much as I hoped on the silence, with most of the thieves guild in the city looking for them. They have apparently gone to ground. However, I was able to discover they are using a front in Hadria. They may be working to secure a passage out of the area on one of the river ships. If nothing else, uh, observing or perhaps interrogating uh, their members in Hadria, might provide you more leads back here in Arthamor. The trick, of course, will be figuring out how to make it to Hadria. House Allard and the Primarchy have both increased their patrols in the area following some sort of disturbance the other night. It will be more difficult than ever to make it out of the city, to say nothing of entering once again. That is a shame. He looks at you for a moment, considering, and then says, There is perhaps another option, uh, another way that can be mutually beneficial for you and my organization. Given the city's current troubles, the aqueduct may be perhaps the most promising way in and out of the city. The only problem being that it is currently controlled by the Blind Brothers, who are using it for their smuggling operations. However, if a group such as yours were able to thin their numbers or to even temporarily dislodge their people from the aqueduct, an organization such as mine could move in and secure it, giving you easy access in and out of the city whenever you wish. It would also allow me to move more of my people into the city, allowing us to perhaps more quickly track down the silence for you. Did you say they were blind? They are called the Blind Brothers, but they are no more blind than they are the holy men that they pretend to be. I think with me, we can defeat them. I agree. Do you, are these bad men? Do they need to be taken care of? Does that matter to you, Leandros? It matters to me. That's why I said it. <laughs> Aurelius kind of rocks his head side to side a little bit and says, eh, it depends on what you consider to be a bad person. They are smugglers. 
Uh, I want to say something in Elvish. Does anybody speak Elvish here besides Ben? No, I. No. I'm going to say something to him because I don't know if he speaks Elvish or not. Uh, but I'm going to say, do you speak Elvish? You're saying this to Aurelius or Than? Aurelius. I'm about to get real sarcastic. <laughs> um, you see Aurelius's eyes dart, and he, he kind of gives the, the group a, a quick scan, looking to see if any of them react, and then goes back to looking at Leandros. I, I guess that's a no, then. There's a couple beats of silence between everybody, and then Aurelius continues, says, As I was saying, it depends on what you consider to be a bad person. They are smugglers who base their operations out of a temple of Denier. They use the facade of holy men to extort payments for protection from people in the neighborhood, as well as to take any of the offerings that are brought into the temple. Well, they don't sound good to me. Do you hear that? I certainly count that. Yeah, do you hear that, Elia? They sound like very bad men. I don't appreciate <laughs> anyone who would pose in that way. It's it's not a problem, friend. It will be taken care of. Should we wait for uh, allies of your organization to show up afterwards, or will you be there? He pulls a small stone out of a pouch at his side. Um, it's about the it's about the size of like three marbles, kind of all fused together. And he sets it on the, the table, and he says, When you have rest control of the aqueduct from the Blind Brothers, use this stone to signal me. It is like a sending stone. Send for me. I will personally lead my people to secure the aqueduct and ensure your safe return to the city. All right. Can I ask him if he knows any weaknesses of theirs, or if he has any advice on facing them? In recent days, they have consolidated their forces at their headquarters in the Temple of Denier, which is about 12 blocks from the aqueduct. The more significant portion of their forces are usually stationed in the facilities that house the sluice and pump controls. Do you know if these men uh, stick more to the aqueducts, or do they mostly stay surface? Mostly they are inside the structures. It would not do to have a group of men, even a, a group of men who appeared to be holy, hanging around the aqueduct. It would draw too much attention from the guards. Okay. Is there any way to gain passage into the aqueduct section from elsewhere within the city? There are many facilities throughout the city that connect to the aqueduct system once it is brought within the city walls. Um, however, however, following them through this path would require making your way through the pump houses and machinations involved within. Do they guard these pump houses, or is it strictly the machines? If they are not guarding them, they are fools. Very well. Um, if there's no other information anybody else needs, I think we will... Uh... I stand up to leave. I look at everybody and I say, let's get wet. <laughs> no thank you. Okay, so I really liked the way that the flashback and prep dice worked in the compound heist. So we're going to do that again this time. This time it'll be a little bit more fluid, because we might want to start right away with uh, casing something or scouting or some type of information gathering that, that ends up being a scene. Okay. Okay, so we're doing a, a roll plus whiz. Um, oh, my strong suit. Ten plus is three hold, seven and nine is two hold, and six or lower is Losersville. I got a 10. I got 12. 
I got a four. I got a seven. Okay, so Fen and Eliaf have three hold. Leandros has two. And Hans has zero. What if Hans had two left over from last time? <laughs> Those would definitely roll over into the next time you try to break into the Warden's compound. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to ask you to tell us what happened to Hans. How did he end up with zero prep for this mission? He overslept. <laughs> um, this was like where we already like at the place we're going to be, or this is just in prep? This could be anywhere between leaving that room with Aurelius and the first action beat of this particular endeavor. Uh, yeah, how'd you fuck up? I picture him like in his room, like doing push-ups. <laughs> like, I like it. Trying to get ready for a date and getting swole, so he's like <laughs> jumping jacks and stuff. So maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Uh, I can imagine Hans just like trying to get himself all pumped up. He's really excited. There's a you know, there's a fight coming up, and he's just doing his push-ups and he's working out, and then loses track of time, and and then the rest of the group is like, hey dude where are you and you're like oh shit we gotta go <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. I'm good with that okay so what would the rest of you like to do I was gonna say I was gonna try to either use Felix as maybe like an interim to try to gain some possibly blueprints or a map that's of, exactly what I was gonna do you bastard of a thing <laughs> oh. <laughs> like that exact sentence nice yeah I think there's probably not a lot of blueprints just kind of floating around if there were blueprints, it would probably actually be inside the temple where the blind brothers are. Denier is the god of knowledge, so if there's anywhere that they would have something that's just so informational like that, it would probably be at the temple. Gotcha. So did I use a hold for that, or did I didn't use a hold for that? No. Okay. The only other thing I think I was going to try to use my hold for is to keep an eye out for one of the goons of the dude or whatnot. See if I can maybe follow him to a tavern if he ever goes, which I assume they probably would at some point. Get him super drunk and try to see if he can maybe spill any beans on how many they usually have down there or like any traps, stuff like that. Okay, so roll plus dex for your following, like sneaking and, and tracking somebody. Ten. So you're able to avoid detection and, and keep an eye on the temple and watch some of them coming and going. It helps that because they are posing as like clergy of this faith, they are all dressed very similarly. Um, they all wear very coarse, plain gray robes. And the other people coming and going in the temple are obviously coming to pay their tithe or thing like that. So they are, there's a very clear distinction. Okay. Because you're able to watch closely without being discovered yourself, you're able to put some faces to the gang as well, so you don't have to rely just on the robes. That allows you to see just as night is falling, one of the, the members of the gang coming out of the temple wearing street clothes rather than that robe. And so then you're able to follow him and he does go to a bar. So tell me a little bit about this interaction. Um, what kind of things are you talking about? How are you trying to get him drunk? Like, just some of the, the broad strokes you don't have to do verbatim if you don't want to. Well, I probably would walk in kind of thing and say, like, maybe, like, rouse the crowd. Maybe buy, the, like, everybody in the place around. Okay. And just start, like, mingling amongst people and whatnot and eventually make my way to him and just kind of, like, talk him up and just be like, man, this is crazy time we're in here. <laughs> okay. Did you hear about the Gorgon? <laughs> <laughs> there are about a dozen people in the bar. So let's say if you're flying around for all of them, uh, that's some, probably about 
four silver. Alright, it's two for one night. <laughs> okay, I think then, you know, then using that, and if you go and are talking to some other folks, and if nothing else, just being the guy who just bought him a beer, um, you know, he'll he'll give you some a chance to, to chat, or, um, or at least, you know, have, that's a way to approach him, so... Right, I'd probably ask him about, like, you know, what he does for a living... He gives you a little salute with the the mug of ale that you bought for him and says, Well, I work with a farrier, so mostly just inside a dark and hot back room next to that forge. Yeah, I totally understand that, man. Uh, I work as a, like a traveling uh, kind of salesperson. I try to help gain customers for uh, my friends back in uh, Rifton. Rifton, huh? Yeah, long ways away, long ways away. What are those stooges selling? Well, you know, there's a bunch of holy men around there, so you gotta be careful around them. Yeah, can't be too careful around holy men. But yeah, just kind of trying to get the wet wear of the land, and uh, I know they deal with uh, a lot of lumber, a lot of, a lot of fur. There's some really strange creatures up there, especially a lot of orcs. You gotta be careful of those. I've been kind of in between jobs lately, and you know, uh, just recently got this gig. I used to be in Arthur Moore years back. Used to work down in the sewers. Oh man, that job stinks. Oh, you have no idea, man. And there's some crazy shit down in the sewers here. Have you ever been out in these sewers? No, but I, I dropped a couple crazy shits down there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel you, dude. I feel you. But yeah, no, there was some crazy shit down there. I definitely am, like, slipping in more drinks as we're talking. Go ahead and roll plus charisma. Let's see how effective you are at, at applying these drinks. Six. So, not so good. Okay. Yeah, no. So mark your experience. So there's a moment of, of quiet as uh, the two of you take a drink, and then he kind of looks at you out of the corner of his eye, and he's mulling something over, and suddenly the guy puts his drink down and stands up. He's like, you know, thanks again for the drink, uh, but uh, I just remembered there's a there's a, a thing I gotta do. And he just uh, makes a very hasty exit. Shit. Could I follow... I want to follow him back to his house, and or wherever he goes. Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll plus dex. Oh, shit. Uh, 14. Nice. Yeah, you are basically invisible as you follow him out of the bar and into the night. This guy's very clearly nervous. Uh, as he makes his way down the street, he does a lot of, like, taking a kind of a, just a sudden, like, turn down an alley. And then two more quick turns so that he's back on the same street, but, you know, a, a block behind where he was before. He's looking over his shoulder a lot, like, trying to avoid... Uh, particularly dark alleys or dark places uh, but you're thin and when you don't want to be seen people don't see you so you're able to follow him without without much effort or, or incident after about a half hour of following him he ends up at another bar and you can see he goes inside and sits down and starts drinking there again oh shit <laughs> all right uh, never mind i'm done <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're okay and leandros you said you had something you wanted to do yeah, uh, are we near, like, a market? You can be. Okay, cool. What's the <laughs> most expensive thing you can buy here? Well, the Silver Unicorn is in the inner city, uh, so the nearest market to you would be higher-end, upper-class type of uh, place. So there are any number of jewelers around, or you know, quite a few armorers who have on display like very elaborately lacquered and precious gemstone encrusted pieces for the you know, the more like the nobles would, would kind of wear. And then of course there there are a few arcane shops around, and so you know that you could spend a significant amount of money very easily in an arcane shop. Okay, how about like a 
like a like a general goods store. I want to go in somewhere where the storefront. Sure. Yeah. There's a, like a sundry stores that you find. It is called Pleasant Bird Outfitters. Okay. So here's the thing. So Finn has taken a lot of my money, and the uh, the funds have really run dry. Right. I took a hundred gold from you. Uh, they have much left. So okay. I would like to go into the storefront. So just real quick, this is money that you're planning to use for this job. Probably. Okay. Would you not want me to do this? No, that's fine. If this was motivated more of just like you just wanted to get some more money, I would say we we could push that off to, to later. But if this is, you know, preparation for the job, then that's that's exactly what we're doing right now. I'll do this afterward. <laughs> I, I really don't have anything that I want to prep for other than I, I, I was going to do something, but it's fine. Uh, I mean, if it's something that you think will help you do the job, we, we can do it now. No, 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 no I'm not. I'm, uh, I'm good. Okay. Um, anybody else? I would like to... Would I know that they wear, that, like, the, the fake monks or whatever wear those robes, the gray, dusty robes? Because that's something I would know. Well, being a paladin, you obviously have spent a lot of time around, um, like, clergy or, or, or people of the faith. So you'd have a pretty good idea in general what they would kind of be wearing. And then I think it wouldn't be very difficult to just, you know, walk past the temple a couple of times and, and see one of them standing around in their robes and to, to get the, you know, the specifics of what this particular group of holy fakes are wearing. What I would like to do is find a seamstress and ask her if she would make me one of those robes. Sure, that, yeah, you can, you end up finding an older gnome gentleman who says that he could have that done for you today. Uh, you want just the one? Yes. Okay, uh, so mark one of your hold, and that will cost... I have one other thing to do whenever you're done. Never. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking this up to a left. Okay, so he says that'll cost uh, eight silver. Okay. I thought it would take, like, some coercing or something. I mean, if you want to try to do that, we, we can, but I just... It, I kind of just think you know, it's a pretty simple garment, and you are wearing you know symbols of helm. You're very clearly a holy person as well. You're gonna pay for it. Uh, I don't think that they would have any reason to you know give you any pushback on on making it. Okay. Intentions. All right, that's what I wanted to do in prep. Okay, and then then you had another thing. Yes, I would like to try to harness the shadow forge. I would like to practice summoning a weapon. I, mean, I haven't quite done that yet, so I'd like to try. Sure. Uh, go ahead and roll plus whiz. Plus whiz? Oh, boy. Okay. Twelve. So go ahead and mark a shadow point. Ooh. I have two now. Don't know what they do, but I got them. They are kind of like experience points. If you get enough of them, you get a new shadow. Oh, snap. That is a full success, so whatever you are trying to craft out of the shadow, whatever kind of weapon you're trying to make, um, you are able to do it. So what does that look like? I think it's like a, a nice cross between like a short sword and a dagger. Um, just like a thin-looking uh, elven blade that kind of it kind of curves forward. Kind of like the blades we got from the frogmen. Kind of like a kukri? Yes, yes. Uh, it's just kind of one of those, something that I can use... Up close and possibly also throw if needed. So, are you doing this like like in your room? Yeah, yeah, definitely not in the open or anything like that. It would be in the the, the room of the silver okay. corner and whatnot. Okay, so this is obviously not the kind of blade that you can like sheath or like put into a, a pouch or something like that. Um, essentially, when 
don't want or like if you want your hands free you have to let it go and let it just kind of dissipate and then once it's dissipated if you want it again you have to resummon it okay well then yeah it at least now i know that that's something i could do so going forward i can try it again absolutely and i would say that because this is also kind of a prep period um just that that knowledge that that's a thing you can do now will make it a little bit easier next time you try to do it i'll let it dissipate you know okay. i don't want to carry around a weird shadow blade <laughs> and freak people out fair enough so what's next guys i got this rogue what do yeah. we think of me trying to go in and get some intel are you sure you're up for this task Yes, this is the first time that we've gotten to really do something I believe in, and I'm, I'm ready to go. If you think you, you have what it takes, I'm willing to let you uh, give it a good old shot. Should anything happen, not saying it's gonna, perhaps maybe like a code phrase to let you, you know, let us know maybe we should, you know, come in and help. Discussing this with the party, where do uh, you guys think I would be best, more useful in the temple over in the Occident? The temple, probably. Start with the temple for now. Just, I feel like heading into the aqueduct might cause unwarranted suspicion. What What should I do once I'm in the temple? I mean, you said you wanted to try to gather information, see if uh, see if you can maybe overhear conversations. And we're basically are we looking to know how much, how many people are in the aqueduct and what kind of what we're up against if we go in there? Yeah, uh, how many people? If they've laid traps. Uh, if you're extra lucky, maybe a map. I don't know. Okay. I'll head off to the temple. Okay, so this will all be under the umbrella of that one prep flashback that you did to, to get the robe, and then now you're using it to, to get the information. So, The temple is a fairly simple stone building. It goes back pretty deep away from the street, almost the entire length of the block. About a dozen stairs, the, the width of the, the front of the temple, rise up from the street to the entrance. On either side of the oaken double doors are a pair of columns that support a trapezoidal facade that is empty save for the symbol of Denier, um, a lit candle above an open eye. You've seen people come and go from the temple, so you feel pretty confident that the, the doors will be unlocked and you'll have no trouble actually getting in the temple. You enter into a small gray marble room. It is maybe 30 feet by 30 feet. Um, There's only one other door that is behind a small desk uh, that is kind of in the the center of the room. Behind the desk is one of the blind brothers who appears to be acting as a, a receptionist. As you enter, he looks up from a set of scrolls that he was studying and says, May it be written, how may I help you? I'll say, uh, yes, I am here to pay my respects to Demir. He says, of course, we always welcome an ecology of justice and philosophical foresight. And then he looks at you like he's expecting something. I'll say, yes, of course. He nods and then stands up from the desk and says, right this way, brother. As soon as I'm out of sight, I wipe my brow. (laughs) So he takes you through the door behind the desk, and this opens up into a large library. It looks like this one room runs the entire length of the building, so almost almost an entire city block. There's a small area with about six desks um, and a number of reading stands. There are four other blind brothers in that area. A couple of them are reading. Uh, The other two are standing by the far desk uh, discussing something. 
the rest of the room is dominated by just rows and rows of bookshelves, floor to ceiling, um, and they are close enough together that you would have to like kind of shimmy sideways to go down these aisles. And you can see that moving through through these very narrow openings are another four or so blind brothers that you can see. As you enter, you're watching these several stacks down. Um, I, one of the blind brothers starts to head down one of the aisles and has to kind of like shimmy back out and come around to the end of the bookshelf as another one shimmies their, their way out of the, the aisle. So there really is, like, there's no way to pass each other in these aisles. I will approach one of them that is reading and I will say, hello, brother. I'm looking for information on the awkward. Where would I find that? He gives you kind of a wary look and says, the aqueduct. It's a strange request. What in particular are you interested in knowing? I've just become very interested in the inner workings of this great city and trying to figure out what the aqueducts may what the aqueduct may look like on the inside. He raises an eyebrow at you just slightly and then says, "Yes, the architecture of the city is quite fascinating." If you're truly interested in it, I'd recommend the Queen's Palace. It's far more elegant of a structure than the aqueduct. And in fact, I have a book on it right over here. And he gets up and starts making his way towards one of the bookshelves. I'll just say, like, oh, I've seen the Queen's Palace. I'm much more interested in the utility of the city. I like that. That is a nice redirect. But you can tell like he is really reluctant. Like He's really pushing back against the aqueduct as much as he can without like really obviously pushing back so you're gonna need a little something extra here to to make that happen um then thinks back about his decision of letting him go in and i remember that he has to tell nothing but the truth and i'm like <laughs> shit uh i say to finn and elvish what's the over under that he doesn't make it out <laughs> well he's resourceful i think he'll do what he has to the gods help, I hope so. Because I'm so green and naive, I think I'd be pushed around a little bit in this case. I'd say I go with him to look at the book about the Queen's Palace. Well, that makes sense. Um, he shuffles off and comes back just a little bit later with a large tome. He sets it on one of the reading racks for you and opens it up, and flipping through some of the pages past a number of, you see, like, sketches of different architectural buildings that are probably from around the city. Um, but it does appear that, like, that the bulk of it is about the, the Queen's Palace, and so he opens to a, one particular passage, and he says, I believe you'll find this to be the most interesting starting point. Of course, if you need anything else, please let... Myself or one of our other brothers, no, and we'd be happy to help you. I'll try a bit of flattery. Well, you know, just ask him, like, where did you learn so much about the Queen's Palace and the architecture of the city? His eyebrow goes up again. And he says, I read the book. <laughs> or do you recommend any other books I could read to get more information? <laughs> he says, if you had the infinite life of Denier, I would recommend you read all the books here. But perhaps this one will be a good enough starting point for you. Yes, of course. All right, I'll let him go. Um, what about... I mean, there are so many books I would never be able to just look, right? Right. Um, how about this? We'll go with something even more naive and dangerous. Oh, fantastic. Kill three guards. 
<laughs> I will walk up to, um, <clears throat> to like maybe two of the people that are chatting, mm-hmm. and just say, "Excuse me, I am looking for the blind brothers." <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> that is very direct. Um, so the two of them turn to face you. They are both wearing those gray, very coarse, very simple robes of this order. One is a dwarf with jet black hair that is very clearly oiled back on his head and his beard comes down to kind of a point just above its belt buckle. His eyes are sharp and he fixes you with an intent gaze. His companion is a human, pretty large, just a little bit bigger than you, broad shoulders, blonde hair, not exactly a vacant gaze, but certainly not a bright or sharp one. The human squares off with you and has very much a what's it to you attitude and looks like he's about to say something before his companion puts a hand to his chest and says, I'm sorry, brother. What blind men do you seek? The ones who are preventing passage into the city. I'm interested in joining. Interesting. Go ahead and give me a defy danger plus charisma. Uh, six. That is a failure, so go ahead and mark experience. And I think the quiet after you say that is much more noticeable. And you realize that the other conversations or the scribblings or the turning of pages, basically any other sound in the room that you had been hearing to this point has stopped. And the room is very, very quiet. Out of the corner of your eye, you see that some of the brothers have started moving in your direction. You see one reach into a bookshelf and pull back a cudgel. You see another one push aside a book on one of the reading racks and then open one of those large, like, two-foot-by-three-foot tomes. And carved into the pages of this book are a number of compartments, each one holding a very sharp-looking dagger. The human that you are talking to cracks his knuckles very loudly as the dwarf says, You're gonna have to come with us. There's no, like, um, shit, we never did come up with a code word. I was thinking, like, shouting would have probably done it, but, you know. Right, see, that's I was, what I was I was waiting for oh. that, but... Oh, there's, this, there's a code. Hi, doggy. <laughs> okay, I have no choice but to go with them. You have other choices. There is just a varying degree of how bad those choices are. How many brothers are there? Eight. All eight of them are, aren't between me and the door, right? Right. Okay, then uh, I'm going to run. As you take that first lunge to begin running, the blonde human is going to take a swing at you with a cudgel that you did not notice was in his hands before. Uh, so go ahead and roll... Uh, defy danger plus dex. Okay. Danger, danger. Three. Well, that is definitely a failure, so go ahead and mark your experience. Wow. Okay, so he hits me. Yes. Why don't you actually tell us what that looks like? I would say he probably hits me, like, in the back, like, if I'm trying to run away, so he just kind of, like, knocks me to the ground, but I'm kind of, like, catching myself with my arms. Sure, makes sense. So because you were already moving away and the hit from the cudgel knocks you down, uh, that kind of robs most of the the power from the hit. So take two damage from that. 
Okay. Okay, so you are basically hands and knees. The blind brothers are closing in around you, making their way kind of that half shuffle through the stacks toward you. If you want to scramble up and just continue to run for the door, go ahead and roll another plus dexterity. All right. Eleven. That glancing blow certainly seems to have got your attention. You spring forward to your feet and right into an all-out run. The sound of swishing robes and thudding footsteps follows you as you make it to the door and throw it open, catapulting yourself into the entrance chamber. Is it safe to assume you are not slowing down? Okay. Then you hear a muffled crash as two of the brothers collide with each other as they're trying to make it through the door at the same time to chase you. The brother at the reception desk is startled as you go flying past him, and in just a couple of steps make it to the front doors of the temple and throw them open, and begin to clamber down the stairs. The rest of you watch from nearby as the temple doors fly open, and Elif comes sprinting down the stairs of the temple. This is not the busiest of streets in Arthmore, but there is a decent number of people milling about, going about their, their business, and several of them are more than startled to see this man barreling down the steps of the temple. What would you all like to do? So is he being chased right now? Yeah, I think it's only a couple of moments before you see a group of blind brothers appear in the doorway of the temple and then pour out and begin making their way down the steps after him. You said there was like a wagon or whatnot. Um, is it kind of like in their path? Because if so, then I'll like try to like just smack the horse, like have it maybe charge in between him and the monks. I like that. Go ahead and give me a roll plus strength. Oh god. Seven. Okay, so that's a partial success. It's hard to say if this horse has been having a bad day, or if in the excitement of the moment your smack was a little bit harder than you intended. Either way, the horse reacts much more quickly and a little bit more explosively than you were planning. So your choice is this. As the horse bolts, it'll hit you either with its body or with the cart that it's pulling. Or the horse will strike Eliaf. The choice is yours. They will also work. Right. The car will take off like you intended it to. There is just a cost to it this time. So, like, it will work as a, as a good enough distraction to get them away from him. It will absolutely help in his efforts to escape, but they are not going to just suddenly stop chasing him because a horse runs in between them, right? It's just going to give Ilyev some more tools to work with. I'm going to let it hit Ilyev. <laughs> nope. Wow. Okay, tell us what that looks like. Uh, I smack it, and I see the cart part coming towards me, and I'm like, oh god, oh god, and I dodge out of the way, not thinking that it's also directed towards Ilias. Well, shit. <laughs> so, what part hits him? Um, I would say, like, I don't know. I don't know what was on the cart to hit him. You tell me. Just a giant spear pointed at him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just like a... If there's a broom hanging off the side. That'll work. So you smack this horse and it takes off. You see some tools shift in the back of the cart, and a broom handle in particular comes kind of whipping out at you. You're able to backpedal and get out of the way. From this new vantage point, you see Eliaf is looking over his shoulder at the blind brothers who are chasing him, and he turns around just in time to see the cart and kind of pulls up just short, but then that broom handle comes just whipping by and, and slams into him. The handle connects with your face, 
and luckily because it is loose in the back of that cart it doesn't land as solidly as it could have uh, but you do end up taking four damage from it since they're chasing Elif, let's have you roll plus dexterity again to see how well you take advantage of the distraction eight Ooh, he just throws the the clothes off <laughs> <laughs> People get hit by cars all the time and their shoes fly off. Don't know why. <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> okay, thanks, Dane Cook. So, Elif, that was a partial success. So, I'm going to say you have two options. One, the distraction gives you a pretty significant lead from the Blind Brothers. They're still going to be chasing you, but you are in significantly better position. Or two, you can lose them altogether... But in the commotion and the you getting smacked in the head, you end up dropping your sword. And you'll have to leave that behind. Alright, I'll choose to drop my sword. No. Okay. So you hear your sword clatter to the cobblestones behind you. And you just keep going and you kind of zig and zag through a couple of people in the street and are able to slip down an alley just uh, beyond the temple. All the commotion has drawn a lot of attention from the other people in the street, and so as the Blind Brothers kind of clear themselves from the commotion of the horse, they decide it's probably better for them to not be seen chasing somebody through the streets with clubs drawn. So you're in the clear to meet back up with the group. Okay, so that didn't work like I had planned. But we <laughs> yeah, do, no, they are distracted now, so maybe we can go into the aqueduct. There's something on it. I didn't get um, any was that a special sword? Was that sword important to you? No, it was just your typical long sword. Okay. Alright, I'll get him a new one. No, no, it's fine. I'll get him a long look sword. At... How much is a long sword? I don't... It's my money anyways. <laughs> Listen, Leandros, there's reasons I'm doing things and there's reasons you're doing things. Let me do my thing. Um... <laughs> get a longsword for 20 gold. I will do it. I'm going to put my arm on Elia's shoulder and say, I want to commend you for what you did. Things might have worked out the way you planned, but you went on a limb for the group, and that's good. Thank you very much. I say thank you very much, but I kind of like roll my eyes while I'm... While I'm... <laughs> I, and, yeah, in Elvish, I want to say to him, you're a lying bastard. <laughs> and I look at him and go, fuck off, in Elvish. I'll take off the robe and just toss it aside Uh, I'm pissed that it didn't work and kind of down on myself I give the longsword back to him to help make up for it and I just like give a slight like bow but I'm still like despondent alright let's go to the aqueduct then or make our way towards one of the things I look at everybody and say look we're strong enough let's quit messing around let's just go I think he's right let's go okay The aqueduct and the pump houses are pretty easy to find. Um, They are massive structures built right into the city wall. Where the aqueduct comes into the city, it's about 300 feet wide, and that feeds directly into a large cistern that is built um, out from the city wall kind of like a bubble. And then below that are a number of canals where the thing is split into four and those lead down like these big like 50 foot wide pipes that lead down into the four pump houses below the pump houses are four single story squat stone buildings 
um, each with an identical iron door on the front. Next to those is a set of stairs, uh, kind of like a hatchback, almost like fire escape kind of stairs, that goes up three stories to a door that's built right into the wall of the city itself. If there was a front door to the aqueduct and to the Blind Brothers operation, that would be it. Is there anyone on guard or in the area? Nope. Uh, at the foot of the city wall is some of the poorest sections of the city. The poor in Arthamore are better off than the poor in most any other city. Um, however, the, this area is definitely the kind of the lower end housing, um, warehouses, um, tanners, things like that. Um, so there's very few people, if any, on the street as you approach, and you don't see anybody that looks like a, a blind brother anywhere in the vicinity. All right. Um, I'll start to approach the door then. Okay. So there are the four doors on the pump houses, and then the one that is three stories up next to the cistern. Which one are you approaching? I would say whichever one is closer to the aqueduct section we're trying to reach. And which section are you trying to reach? Where the aqueduct is. Or where, like, <laughs> the, the section out of the city. Okay, so that would be up the stairs to the cistern. What, if anything, are the rest of you doing? I'm following Fen's every move. I don't think we'd split up. There's four doors and four of us. I don't know if that matters, but... Uh, no, I'm, I'm following you guys. I'm not splitting up. Uh, you scared the Andrews? No, I just don't care. I, I want to go. I want to get this done. Nah. We go in. The door's locked. <laughs> well, yes, it is locked. I have uh, thieves' tools. Right, and that is... Tricks of the tree. Hell yeah. Go ahead and roll that up. Oh, man. That'll be... Five. Extra fit. Yes, that is a fail. So that means that some less than good things are happening. The first of which is a loud noise from the other side of the door. A loud, metallic clanging, like right next to where your head is as you're working on this lock, startles you and you end up breaking off one of your picks inside the lock. Fuck. So mark that your lock picks are broken. Oh. All of them? You can still use them, uh, but right broken next to them, and that'll be something that has more of a narrative effect. So if something goes wrong next time, it might be because your picks are broken, or they might have less effect later on, or something like that. Okay. What? I'll let them know. Like, in, like, signs and be like, Somebody's on the other side. I push him out of the way. I cast Magic Missile at the damn thing. Break it open. He tries to push me. He doesn't push me. <laughs> uh, roll strength. <laughs> I'll defy danger decks. Okay. Uh, roll to cast. Nine. Okay. That's a partial success. So take one of the spell penalties. I'll take the minus one. I'm not going to make you roll damage for that. Uh, the door is clearly not meant to take magic missiles. The first one flashes out and slams into the lock and handle area, blasting both of them off into the room behind it. And the second one hitting just a little bit higher on the door. Flings it open to crash into the wall behind it. It does so to reveal a blind brother standing in the room just beyond. Slightly startled by the fact that the door just blasted open, uh, but nonetheless aiming a crossbow at you. Uh, I'm going to cast uh, Sleep on him. Okay, roll to cast. 
So is there there's no initiative in No, it's all based on the narrative, like kind of what would happen in a logical progression. So in this case, if Leandros messes up his spell or like you know gets a partial success, he may also get a crossbow bolt in the stomach. Uh, because that's the the scene that's laid out for us. So let's see what happens. Uh, 14. That's with your minus one? That's with the minus one, yes. (laughs) Nice roll. Okay, so his eyes roll back up into his head and he crumples gently to the ground, the crossbow clattering next to him. While that was happening, like, I went to go rush through the door to, like, tackle the guy and, like, miss him because he, like, fell to the ground sleeping, so I just, like, fly into the the room. I I ran and, like, tried to spear him, like... (laughs) Sure. I definitely like the idea of Hans like leaping through the air, and then as that guy crumbles, he's a little bit confused as he sails through the air where the guy used to be, and like rolls and gets back to his feet like in a crouch. It's like what? Huh? So Hans is in the middle of this room, and the rest of you, seeing in through the now open door, see a small, about twenty by twenty room. The walls, floor, and ceiling are all made of the same dingy kind of light brown stone. Um, It's very dimly lit. There's only a single lantern sitting on a small table in the corner opposite of the doorway. Hanging on one wall is a series of what looks like oversized fireplace implements, uh, the pokers and brushes and tongs, things like that, as well as a number of very large wrenches. Along another wall is a series of hooks on which hangs uh, heavy leather aprons and heavy leather gloves that look like they would go all the way up, uh, just a little bit above the bicep on like a human arm. On the final two walls, which would be to the left and straight ahead if you were standing in the entrance, are doors leading deeper into this facility. Beyond the doors, it's even more dimly lit, uh, but you do see some more of that same light brown stone. The only other hint as to what is beyond these doors is the sound of rushing water and the indistinct sound of the echoes of voices from a distance coming through the door on the left. I, like, signal to the the guys, like, <laughs> Are they in? Have they come in? Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm going to say they came in because I signaled them to come in and they listen. Sure. I say to Leandros, how long is he going to be sleeping for? What should we do with him? <laughs> I look at him and go, he might never wake up. <laughs> <laughs> I say, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. We got a good 12 hours. Okay. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll take care of him, okay? Like you took care of those two guards? I don't know how to respond to that. Okay, how about this? We take off his robe, one of us puts it on, goes into the next room dressed like one of them. I could do it. Yeah, take off all of his clothes. Yeah, take off all of his clothes. I've seen your skill at this. I think you can do it. (laughs) I have nothing but faith. So I want to start dragging his body out the door, like away from everybody else. Can I do that? Like outside onto the the fire escape type stairs? Yeah. Sure. I see, like, start to drag him, so I, like go to rush over and pick up the other half of his body. Between the two of you, it's no trouble getting him out the door and back onto that platform at the top of the stairs. So now you're out there with a sleeping guard. Okay. I feel like we set him down and then I like I look at Leandros and I kind of like just nudge him with my foot and he kind of rolls down the stairs. Down the stairs? Or I think it'd be pretty easy to just nudge him off the platform. Yeah, that's fine. Damn. He... Wait, 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 wait. Before we do it, I want to see if he's got any gold. <laughs> 
unfortunately, it's not until the guard is already falling to the three stories of the ground below that you consider he might have been carrying valuables. As you lament this fact, you hear the <coughs> sound of his head smashing on the pavement like a melon. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I, I, um, I, I look down. Hans I, I killed a guy. Where I like, look down, and then I look back <laughs> and I, I look at Hans and go, What did you do? <laughs> We might need to revisit Hans's alignment later, but how, how, wait, how high was this plant? Three stories. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like like a little set of stairs that went up to a. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, if it's not your intention to kill this guard, then let's rewind to Hans and Leandros on, on this platform, sleeping guard at your feet. No, I didn't realize we were up that high. Okay, okay. I, then I just uh, leave him. No, I was picturing like it was like a little stoop, and I kind of like rolled him off the stoop. I didn't. I, I should have been paying attention to the, the height. I, I'll look at I'll look at Hans. And go, 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 go back inside. I'm gonna just like see if he's got any gold. Oh man, now he's gonna slit his throat. <laughs> All right. I want to search him for gold. <laughs> sure, he's got twenty three gold on him. You also find a little hip holster for his crossbow bolts. You can put that down as having three ammo. Ammo works a little bit differently, uh, so it doesn't mean that you just have, like, just three arrows, uh, but we can address that if you ever decide to shoot it. Okay. I'm going to take the crossbow, and I'm going to throw it off the lead. Smart. Amateur weapon. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll the body off. <laughs> okay. Okay. So then you're the only one who hears this guy's head breaking on the stones below. Works for me. All right, and I'm gonna back inside, close the door, and be like. Um, actually, real quick, roll just one d6. Okay. So then, at least for the moment that you were out there, uh, it doesn't appear that anybody has, was around to, to see that body plummet or splatter onto the street. <laughs> the ground. Just unnecessary attention. It's cool. So Leandros comes back inside. I'm guessing, right? Yes. Yeah. I say to him, like, is he still asleep? <laughs> Oh yeah, he's still. Like I said, he may never wake up. Uh, <laughs> okay. Wow. Can I close the door? You can close it, but it's not going to latch because somebody blew the latch and handle off. Looks like with magic. Um, but you can. <laughs> oh yeah, I did that. Kind of like more or less. That's fine. Works for me. Okay, so now what would you like to do? Can I say to Then, like, hey, can you? You think you could sneak up and see what's going on in that room? With the voices. I can certainly try. Can I try to sneak up and hear what's going on in the room? You can certainly try. In fact, I'll say that because you're a thief and sneaking is what you do, combined with the, the noise of the, the water from the aqueduct, you're able to move around without being detected for the most part uh, until you do something that maybe changes that. Oh, snap. The door to your left opens into a hallway that runs for about 30 feet and then goes down a couple of stairs, uh, probably about five feet worth of stairs, that end in another doorway. This one does not have a door on it. The sound of rushing water is already much louder here, though from a distance, just looking through the door, you're not able to make out anything on the other side. As you creep a bit closer, you're able to see that the door opens up into the canal and the cistern of the aqueduct itself. Just on the other side of the door, is a small platform that lo- runs along one side of the canal. It's little more than uh, like a catwalk. Below you, you can see that the canal is actually divided into four smaller canals. On the other side of the canal from you is a similar uh, 
catwalk type platform running along the entire length of the aqueduct as far as you can see. From your vantage point peeking around the edge of the door, you're able to see that there's a blind brother that appears to be patrolling along the catwalk on the other side of the aqueduct from you. You're also able to see that below you, one of the canals in the aqueduct is actually dry. Where the other canals have water rushing down them and into the pump houses below, there is absolutely no water coming from further down the aqueduct in what would be uh, canal number three. In that dry canal, there are six blind brothers, pretty heavily armed, mostly with spears, uh, crossbows. You can see a few of those cudgels that Eliaf caught the, the business end of. They are standing in a circle, and one of them is seems to be talking very excitedly, you know, the occasional hand, like, big hand gestures. Then you recognize him as the guy from the bar. Great. Okay, so there's six guards at the way bottom. We're kind of, like, up a little bit? Yes, if you were to step out on that little catwalk, the dry section where the Blind Brothers are would be about 50 feet out from where you are and about another 50 feet down from there. Okay. And you said there's a guy, like, one guy up above us? Or, like, same level as us? You see one other blind brother patrolling on the catwalk on the opposite side of the aqueduct from you. Uh, They are, at the moment, walking away from you. Without putting at least part of yourself out onto the platform, there's no way to tell if there's a guard on your side as well. How long of a distance is the other guy that I saw walking away from me? How far away is that? About 300 feet. Damn. Okay. Uh, okay, um, so I'll, I guess I'll peek out and see if there's anybody on the platform, like, out that we're near, or on. Yes, as you, you peek around the edge of the doorway, you can see that there are, in fact, two blind brothers on this platform that you would be on. One of them is about 50 feet away. Um, they are just, it looks like they are just beginning to start walking back in your direction. The other one is about 150 feet down the aqueduct, and they are walking away from you at the moment. And with this new vantage, you also see that there is a second guard on the other platform as well. So there are two guards on the catwalks on either side of the aqueduct. Okay, I'll kind of close the, peek back in and close the door and let them know what I saw. Any plans? We can try to take the jump on this guy real quick. I'll leave that to you, my sneaky friend. Does okay, anyone, I have, guess. No one has ranged weapons, right? Mm, kind of. So I poke my bed, head back out, and, it, like, are the two guys that were near us, are they, like, quite a distance apart from each other now, or...? No, they're probably about 200 feet apart. And the one guy closest to us, how about far is he from me? Probably about 25 feet now. Could I use my shadow walk to get right behind him and just kind of try to, I guess, coalesce the shadow into a weapon and okay. just kind of stab him? You can definitely shadow walk behind him without any problem. Then roll plus wisdom to form your shadow weapon. Nine. Okay. Yeah, you form the the shadow blade, and you are in position to strike and you're be able to kill this guy. Um, however, because that was a partial success, you are going to only be able to choose two of the three options. The shadow does exactly what you want it to do. It did not require an extra price. It did not draw unwanted attention. Say it did not draw unwanted attention. I created the desired effect. Okay, so that means you are paying an extra price. 
Um, that usually means a, losing a memory, losing part of your, your history or your skills or, or something that makes then then. If you don't have something in mind, um, I would offer you something that I have in mind. I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head what I would like to, so what do you got? Okay. Nothing is immediately apparent to you in terms of something that you've lost. You have that same feeling, that sinking in your gut. But when this has happened in the past, you've always been able to tell what you've lost. Not so this time. Oh. Perhaps, luckily, you don't have a lot of time to dwell on this as you are now standing behind the blind brother, this shadow blade in your hand. Uh, what exactly are you doing to him? To draw from the new Star Wars. Um, just kind of hold it my hand there and have it form in my hand inside of his head. Okay. Kind of like how the lightsaber oh, was just yeah. like <laughs> right into yeah. the dude's head. Yeah. Okay. He never even has an inkling that he's in trouble uh, before he is dead and uh, his body falls to the catwalk in front of you. Okay, I would then, I'm assuming my friends are watching, and signal them to, like, come on, and then I want to throw my shadow blade at the dude. Not looking at I don't know. I'm just signaling, like, like... No, I think we're still in the first room. Oh, well. I I signal and throw my dagger, whether they're watching or not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that's a ranged attack. Go ahead and roll plus dex. 10. That is a full success, so go ahead and roll your damage. Is this considered a backstab, would you say? Um, you get backstabbed for hand and precise weapons? Yeah, I'll give it to you. I'll say that uh, the, the Shadow Dagger is pretty precise. 14. The Shadowy Blade flies from your hand, and it's strange because you don't actually even see it hit. It seems to almost dissipate before it makes contact with this blind brother. But you then just suddenly see his back arch and his robe splits open and a gout of blood comes gushing out from probably just a little bit above his kidneys. And he lets out a scream. He drops hard to his knees and then right onto his side. He is writhing on the ground as the blood is still gushing out of his back. He's not dead, uh, but he is almost certainly out of this fight. He, he certainly does not look like he's in any condition to, to get back up and, and challenge you. The two guards on the other catwalk turn and both level their crossbows at you. You still have the element of surprise, so what would you like to do just before they sh- take a shot at you? I don't know. I mean, they're quite a ways from me. It's about 300 feet, which then would know is pretty much at the maximum effective range for a crossbow. It's kind of a Goldilocks-type zone. At that range, a crossbow would sometimes not kill a target if they hit it, and would sometimes absolutely kill a target that they hit. So, much of a risk you want to take. Um, I'm dipping out. <laughs> going to kind of roll out the way if I have to, stay low to the ground, and just like kind of skirmish my way up and through the door. Go ahead and roll a Defy Danger as the two crossbows from across the way do take a shot at you. Ooh, this is good. Eleven. Great. So as you make your way to the door, as you say, and kind of going low, maybe zigging, maybe a little bit of a zag here, you hear the zip as the two crossbow bolts go flying past you and then clatter against the stone wall and onto the catwalk. Evasion! <laughs> 
So the rest of you see Than's slide around the corner from the doorway leading into the aqueduct. He's got a look in his eyes that's not exactly a panic, but is very reminiscent of when the lamp went through the window during the heist. You then hear shouting from the cistern chamber behind him. That sounds good. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna step out the door. Do I have any line of sight on any bad guys? The first ones you would see are the two on the catwalk on the opposite side of the aqueduct, uh, the ones who just took a shot at Fen and have reloaded and were aiming at the doorway where he just ran into, which is the doorway that you just popped out of. So go ahead and give me a defy danger as they take a shot at you. Oh, seven. Okay, so that's a partial success. So this dodge did not go as planned. I'll say you have a couple of choices here. One, in getting out of the way of it, you kind of put yourself in a bad position. Um, So you're going to still be in danger, and you might actually get attacked again before you have a chance to do what you wanted to do. Two, you dodge just fine, but your foot catches a little bit of water on the catwalk, and you end up slipping, and you're going to fall into the aqueduct. Um, Or three, you can just take the hit. I'll take the hesitation. Okay, so you come through the doorway, and you see the two crossbowmen, and they fire, and you at the last second kind of... Uh, pitch yourself out of the way and you end up in like a crouched position the arrows go over top of you and in that position you are looking down into the canal and you see four of the blind brothers are down there also now raising their loaded crossbows up toward you and the other two in the canal are now running down uh, kind of away from you and you can see a couple hundred feet down the canal, there's a series of ladders that lead up out of the canals and then from the canals up to the catwalk. So what would you like to do? I want to fireball. I want to fireball the two that are running away. Okay, go ahead and roll to cast. Uh, that's a 12. So I'm also going to use a greater, empow- a greater empowerment along with that. Okay, can you go ahead and read that move just so the rest of the group knows what you're doing? On a plus 12, you get to choose one of these effects for free. The spell's effects are maximized. The spell's targets are doubled. Uh, I would like to maximize the effect. Excellent. 2d6 max is 12. So from that crouching position, you begin to kind of move your hands around, and those arcane runes appear around them. And then you form a ball of fire and lob it down at those two as they're running. It lands just in between them and explodes in this big fountain of flame. The fire envelops them, flash-frying their skin. They collapse screaming and writhing in pain. They're not dead, but they are on fire and are not looking like they're going to get back up and, and, and jump back into the fight. So, can I also cast it again on the guys down below as well, or do I need to wait? Hold on to that thought for just a moment. So you had two people with crossbows leveled at you, and you turned and cast a fireball down into one of the canals below. So as that fireball is arcing from your hands, two crossbow bolts come flying across the aqueduct at you. One ricochets off the wall behind you, but the other one catches you in the shoulder. You are going to take six damage. That's a lot of damage. As you are reeling from that hit, look down and you see two more blind brothers emerge from the tunnel leading to the what would be pump house number three. They also have crossbows. And you see them raise them to their shoulders and take aim at you. Then, you see Leandris let loose a fireball and hear the resulting screams from below. But then another sound catches your attention. 
It's a very quiet, melodic humming. You turn to follow the source of the sound and look down at your side. There, rocking back and forth, heel to toe, her slightly long golden pixie cut bouncing in time to her rocking, is Cloud. Whoa! And she looks up at you and smiles and says, Infinity brings eventual redemption. And it dawns on you that the cost of using the shadow energy before, maybe this time it was not something that you lost, but something new that is now a part of you. You don't have very long to dwell on this before you hear Leandros scream in pain. Thank you for joining in our wild endeavors. I'm your GM, Thomas Marsetti, and joining me this time were... Uh, my name's Devin. I play uh, Theron Nilo. My name is Evan. I play the character Leandros. I'm Adam. I play Hans Gregor, and you can find me on Twitter at NPCULater. I'm Nick. I play Eliath Kin. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Wild Endeavors. We'd like to thank Kevin McLeod for the great music. And we hope you join us again next week. Thank you.